0: We are back to the six overtimes podcast i'm Chaz wagner and the other one is scott wilderman up ya, the six overtimes podcast again the website is six uh we upload those through twitter at six overtimes emails coming in six overtimes at gmail we're on itunes we're on soundcloud anywhere you want to um Interact with us. We are out there. Uh, Scott, so today has been an interesting day for... I've been experimenting with different ingredients in my food. Oh, yeah? I've started with putting peanut butter in my oatmeal.
1: It okay. Adds,
0: it adds some boldness. adds some balls to the oatmeal, basically. <laughs> and then I had a baked potato today, and I went with cottage cheese and barbecue sauce. Okay. So, I don't think that's crazy, but the the peanut butter in the morning with oatmeal takes it up to another level
1: now, let me ask you you say that you put uh it added balls to your uh to your breakfast i know was it going. the uh was it the chunky nutty peanut butter or was it the smooth one
0: uh it's more nutty it's trader joe's um some of the best best peanut butter in the world it's it's a little more nutty so uh I don't want the, the the connotations to get too sexual, but yeah, it, uh, it added a kick to it.
1: For all you psychologists out there, uh, do with that information as you wish.
0: So, tonight we're coming to you for previews of this Martin Luther-filled weekend of Big East Hoops. There are six games on Saturday. There is a game on Friday night. Uh, that's Seton Hall in South Florida. We see Seton Hall taking care of business, but we want to talk about the Saturday games. Nothing that really jumps out off the page at us that you know it's a must-see, but all of them count. It goes without goes without speaking, but I think the first game that we want to start off with and has some intrigue and appeal to it, Scott, is that uh, UConn uh, Huskies game. Going into ND, and the interesting thing about this is Notre Dame is on a three-game win streak uh, over the Huskies.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, To your point, you know there there aren't a huge amount of games here that are jumping off the table, but what they what they are doing on Saturday is really showing us who's who. And I think in this first game, we're going to really get to know who Notre Dame is. They really pulled out a couple of gutty wins so far, especially uh, that away win in double overtime against Louisville. But now they got a UConn team coming into their home, home court. Can they hold serve? That's the big question. And it's going to be Jack Cooley versus Andre Drummond. I mean, that's going to be a huge battle that Notre Dame needs to not lose by a ton.
0: Yeah, um... Notre Dame has that. Not only have they played well against the Huskies you're talking of, but they're on a 20 29 game home win streak, and that was obviously helped because they were just good all around last year. I don't. I think that win streak is going to be snapped on Saturday. It's an 11 a.m. start. That's uh that's early to get going for um, the the Big East peoples. Uh, the noon tip is is what I kind of like to get the day started a little little early yeah. than, than we want, but yeah, you talked about Cooley and Drummond going at it and talking about, I think, polar opposites. Uh, I almost see it as uh, Nixon-Kennedy in, in 1960 where <laughs> Drummond's the sexy uh, NBA, Mr. Flash, getting all the um, the accolades and, and the media loves him. And then you got Jack Cooley. Not much love, but uh, that guy just gets it done. So we'll see how, how he can hang with them Drummond had a great game on Monday night. I think, I think night. the most
1: important question out of that, Chaz, is uh, who's checkers in this scenario?
0: Who's checkers in this scenario?
1: Yeah, Nixon's dog. dog.
0: He's dog? Um, I don't know. You know you're uh, – I'm I'm a little thrown off from this, so fill in, fill <laughs> in the missing pieces for me.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It might be uh, Cooley's hard-headedness down there. Um,
0: he does. Have, he he likes his lunch pails. So en-
1: enough of the political humor.
0: Yeah. So Drummond's Drummond's playing well. Had 20 points against West Virginia the the other night, and actually had almost half of those in the last eight minutes of the game. Developing a nice baseline jumper, so it's it's going to be good to see how he. I think he can pull Cooley out of the lane um, if he's hitting on that jumper. You know, it's going to be interesting if we we talked about Notre Dame's improved defense um if they can continue uh Yukon's difficulty with with taking care of the basketball um almost 15 turnovers a game for the Huskies
1: yeah and that's how Notre Dame can really push the envelope and and try to steal one here at in South Bend I think Notre Dame really has a shot here it seems like you're on the Yukon bandwagon but I really think that with the uh, up-and-coming guard play of Atkins and Jerry and Grant, if as long as they don't have stars in their eyes when they're playing against Boatwright, Napier, and Lamb, I think that they can hold their own against those guys. They have their length, they have their speed and quickness. I think it's going to come down to uh, the battle down low and and what front court can really take advantage of the other one.
0: Yeah, and talking about front courts and starry-eyed, uh, let's move on to the pit. Marquette game and Pitt doesn't have a front court. Um, (laughs) Void. It's a void. It's a um, crater. Um, They're missing a lot of of much to be desired on the front court and the backcourt. But uh, yeah, Pitt going into Marquette. Um, This is a noon tip, so get that ND UConn game started and then flip it over to ESPNU for this one. Um, It's two o'clock. Two o'clock. Okay, so take in the. UConn ND game, digest it for a little bit, and then, uh, flip it over for Pitt, for Pitt Marquette. Pitt's reeling, uh, total disarray, total shambles, uh, it's one thing execution, but all the talk in the media and everywhere, and it's, it's leadership, and, um, can they even, can Ashton Gibbs rally the troops? Can, can Jamie Dixon even, uh, connect with him Scott. Can can he even? Is his message even going to get across to him in practice and in the pregame?
1: Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't gut check time before, it certainly is gut check time now for the Pit Panthers. And you know, it comes at a tough time for these guys because Marquette themselves has had a little bit of a gut check that, uh, also. You know, that they, they get a chance to get above five hundred in league play for the first time this season after starting one and two. Um, against a Pitt team that has really, really struggled all year long, I—it's one of those games that I feel like Vegas is going to put out a goofy line, and every sign is going to say take Marquette, take Marquette, take Marquette, and I think it's—I think it's going to be close. I think Pitt takes him down to the wire, and uh, and Marquette edges them out in the end. But I think it's—I
0: think it's a close game. But you're suggesting another loss for Pitt. Yes, oh, yes and, I am. 0 oh, and five. It's it's ugly, but the I mean if let continue.
1: Let's look at some of the positives that Pitt has that I wasn't even aware of until I did a little looking around for this. They're fourth in the country in offensive rebound, uh, offensive rebounding. I can't That's believe Pitt.
0: that you you threw that stat at me. Uh, And they're they're missing? What, are they so inefficient from the field that, that, uh, is that total numbers or, um, is that a total? Okay, so it's not percentage of shots. I mean, Mm -hmm. just the fact that they're up there. But then the the other thing,
1: they're 13th in the country in points per possession. (laughs)
0: Like you said, they pick up the pace, man. I mean, I know Jamie Dixon runs a, a slower pace of play. Um, but come on, man, it's, uh, get them going.
1: I think this is going to be Ashton Gibbs coming out party. I think that they're going to really, uh, take advantage of those two statistics and really keep, uh, as long as they don't turn the ball over too much against Marquette, uh, because there's Marquette so good in the open court, I think, uh, Pitt stays in the game and really has a chance to win.
0: I respectfully disagree. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be ugly again. I don't see any reason why Ashton Gibbs gets back on track. Um, confidence was lost. I think he was embarrassed by, by their performance. And it was just Wednesday night. Um, they've got to go right back into it on the road. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to recover. But uh, let's move on. Again, six overtimes podcast. If you totally disagree with, with Scott's opinions, my opinions, or all of them rolled up into one, Hit us up, 6overtimes at gmail.com, and ping us on Twitter at 6overtimes. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Let's move on to, you know, we talked about Rutgers. They they took down Pitt the other night at the Pete. Uh, Rutgers is going to West Virginia, or is it coming?
1: It's to West Virginia, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Rutgers, young ball club, Mike Rice goes to uh, West Virginia. Scott, do you think they can, you know, good teams follow-up. Anyone can beat anyone, as we've seen this year, but can good teams, can tournament or even NIT teams, can they uh, continue and back those those good games up?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's Rutgers Victory Tour 2012. You know, they've, they've had a lot of great victories uh, so far this season, and I think that they're going to try to keep the ball rolling in Morgantown. This is another game where Most of the statistics say that West Virginia is going to really blow them out of the water, but college basketball is unlike any other sport in the fact that momentum and leverage and feel and streaks really dictate a lot of the game. And I think Rutgers is really in the midst of one of these streaks that they can continue to win and continue to play strong basketball. I really like them to go into Morgantown Get the W and
0: uh, ride the emotional Whoa. train. Yep. Ride the momentum train. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of trains leaving the station this weekend. Got the delusional train. Uh, check out the thecasualhoya.com. They do a nice GIF of the delusional train of the Hoyas <laughs> as, as the year started. Uh, I don't think Rutgers will win, uh, but I'm interested to see the matchup between. Jabari Hines, and I think Miles Mack will be will be matched up to him. Probably, well, probably Miles Mack and Jerome Seegers. We haven't heard much chatter and and talk of Jabari Hines, one from us and also from out there um, in the media about Jabari Hines' play. So I think this is going to be a good good look into. They're both fresh. They're all freshman point guards. Uh, to see what what we're all getting a taste of for the rest of this year, but you know, and their junior and senior years for, I mean, I think they're going to be really solid point guards um, later in their careers. But it's going to be good to see their first matchup against each other.
1: Yeah, nice showcase of young point guard talent in the Big East in this game. Um, I think. I'm interested to see what happens and how Rutgers defends uh, West Virginia because my thought is that Kevin Jones is going to get his. So mm-hmm. why not try to take away Truck Bryant and have Kevin Jones try to absolutely just win the entire game for West Virginia? I, I don't think they can if if Rutgers can take away Truck Bryant, but who knows though? Because West Virginia has Kalicka down there and and that gives them an advantage uh, in the front court as well.
0: The bearded fella. Yes, sir. You, uh, you talked about, you know, Rutgers is very good at turning the ball over, especially steals, because it's those pesky those freshmen are just little schizophrenic. They just they're all over the place. Be uh, interesting to see if Truck Bryant brings back his uh, turnover prone uh, ways. This maybe that that uh, surfaces up in in this game. But uh, yeah, let's move on from this. We're disagreeing on a lot. Tonight, Scott. Well, I'm taking a couple a dogs weekend. early. You're so taking the dogs on the road. Um yep. I, don't, I don't like dogs on the road. I like dogs at home.
1: Well, yeah, home dogs are crazy. That's why you got to bet the hell out of the Niners this weekend.
0: The they're probably the most Niners are probably the most unassuming, characterless uh, bi week team uh, or you know home home playoff team in quite some time. Oh yeah, definitely. But Providence let's move Syracuse, on. Syracuse. Um, Syracuse coming off they, the the beat goes on, took down Villanova on Wednesday night, and I don't even think Villanova fans could be mad about that win because Syracuse is just so dominant. Then they had um, we had Providence in convincing fashion. Uh, the Kool Aid is in full force; it's humding and uh, they took down Louisville 90 to 59 at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So again, it's going to be interesting to see that that high and that momentum that the Friars have. To see, I mean, it could be that could be completely deflated against uh, against Syracuse.
1: Yeah, it's all about how they're going to really uh, manage their expectations and come into the game and and see if they can uh, really have that poise to stay with a really really deep Syracuse team where that's something that providence struggles with playing only six or seven guys um i don't see how this game can be close i i think it's syracuse blowing them out i i, I don't even think that we should spend much time on it because i i think it's going to be that big of an ups or
0: blowout you think it's just going to be an all-out assault on uh on the friars
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a flip flop. You know, Friars took took down Louisville by 30. I think they go down by about 30 in this game. I just they're too big up front to deal with for Providence to deal with. I think their guard play is Friars guard play is real good, but it's not Dion Waiters, Brandon Trish, and Scoop Jardine. It's just not.
0: Yeah, the only thing that would keep them in it is. Not their play, but Syracuse just having a lull and mm-hmm. knowing that they don't have to bring their their A game and probably their uh, probably their C game uh, will will suffice in this one, or they just need one of their ten guys to have a monster game and try and prove himself like a Michael Carter Williams or a Sutherland. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could very well see one of those guys going for... 20 or 25 and that that being enough for the the w Um, let me ask
1: let me ask you this question here um let's say that i'm totally wrong and providence comes out swinging and they're playing with syracuse in the first half and one of syracuse's uh players takes a bad shot and turns the ball over now we saw this with russ smith and rick patino benching him immediately what do you think what would beheim do w w b d
0: there it is w w b d uh that's w w b d should have been uh that should have been used uh, on other stuff for syracuse this <laughs> year <sighs> i don't think i haven't heard of any you're talking on chemistry uh you're really pulling the uh the sports radio card here, the very, yeah. very scenario and speculative nature. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I'm trying to do. I don't think there's any, anything going on with, with, uh, team chemistry. I know if you really want to stretch it, I know Dion waiters and Beheim didn't, didn't really get along it in some, some situations last year. And he pouted, uh, in some cases, uh, no, I th- I think they're okay. He's uh, he knows they're just talented as hell. Um, I think Calhoun would be someone to do that more. Uh, he did that with Lamb earlier in the year, but I don't think Beheim is is like that. Yeah,
1: I'm sort of just interested in coaching styles because it seemed like Russ Smith and the rest of the Cardinals really uh, reacted adversely to that, and yeah. You know, I think Behan's a calming coach and a great one at that. So
0: He's a grimacing coach. I don't know Yeah, he's calming. All right,
1: let's move on. Let's talk Wildcats Cincinnati. The Battle of the Cats.
0: Battle of the Cats. One team, well, these are um, polarizing cats. One team likes to shoot, chuck, and pop a lot of shots from... Very weird spots and not smart spots on the court. That's Villanova. Then you have Cincinnati, which is an efficient um, scoring team. That I think their defense is just going to wear down, wear down Villanova. I think that Wands and Cheek are still struggling. I think they're going to continue to struggle. Um, they struggled against uh, South Florida. And obviously Syracuse and Marquette, and I think with the Cincinnati is the best defensive team with a lot of across all a lot of defensive numbers. I think that's going to continue on Saturday.
1: Yeah, they're definitely a great defensive team, and I think it's because they really defend every position really well. Um, that I think that that is going to give the advantage to Cincinnati. I I have a feeling Cincinnati is going to take this one pretty easily. But then again, it's tough to predict this Villanova team. Uh, it's They're going to play one of these Big East games, and they're going to go like 10 of 14 from three-point line and just really run away with one of these in a surprise fashion. I don't know if it's this game, but that's always the excitement when you uh, watch the Villanova Wildcats, and there's not too much because they're 8 and 9. Yeah.
0: Yeah, people were predicting when Syracuse's first loss was going to be and They said it could be Villanova because they can get hot in in spurts and shoot lights out. We didn't see it. It could be the Cincy game. Uh, I don't see it being Cincy. I've seen it bo- being a more of a uh, middle-of-the-road, mediocre defensive team. They are going to... Wayans is going to get hot. Cheek, not so much. Um... You know, Villanova, I think the thing, too, about them is why they're struggling and they're going to struggle against Cincy is they average four or five more fouls per game than Cincinnati. Doesn't seem like a lot, but when you take that, you know, each half, say that it goes from instead of five fouls or six fouls, it's seven or eight. You're you're just putting the team, the other team, the opponent, on the line um, for easy buckets. And... That could very well be a three, four, five-point difference, and in, in a lot of instances, it's gonna, you know, in low-scoring affairs, especially against an opponent like Cincy, that's gonna cost you a game.
1: Certainly, certainly. I, I like to see. Uh, I would like to see what happens with Yancey Gates versus Mofato Yaru down low, just because I think that this is going to be one of their real tests to prove that they can play at the next level as well. Um, a lot of people think Gates is undersized and Yaru is not polished enough and a little bit clumsy, I guess, is the right word to use. But yeah. uh, I think that's the battle that I'm going to be watching uh, as as well as the uh, Kilpatrick weigh and I think that will be entertainment enough for me uh, as I cheer on my native Wildcats in a... Uh, in what looks to be a, a tough situation
0: really <laughs> notice tough. how
1: I get deflated as a, yeah I'm
0: like don't bleed don't trail off don't leave me yeah. Scott <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and you know if you guys out there really think that Villanova's is gonna blow them out you got a good feeling about something hit us up on Twitter at six overtimes and we're on Gmail over there at six overtimes at gmail.com write us in we'll, we'll chat about it um, and, you know, let's move on to this last game
0: Former that we Conference got. USA we got USA opponents.
1: Yeah. DePaul Blue Demons uh, heading to Louisville at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I mean, there's not really much to say besides the fact that Louisville just got
0: blown out, blown out
1: by Providence. Can they come back?
0: Uh, Louisville's I think they're going to come back. Um I don't think they're going to have to do much to uh, to pull out this victory. Both teams, just in their previous games, gave up over 90 points. Uh, Louisville, unfortunately, to Providence, as we spoke of earlier, and DePaul giving up 94 to Seton Hall. Um, It looked like Jordan Theodore was all over the court in that game. Uh, I don't see DePaul winning for a few reasons. They stink on the road. Their only road wins this year are against crappy Northern Illinois <laughs> team and who else? Loyal of Chicago. Chicago. Um, so they've stayed in state for that and both teams are miserable. Um, so going in the KFC Yum Center is is going to be tough for them added with they haven't beat Louisville since 2004. Um, I think that's that trend's going to continue Scott. Um but what do you think about, uh, you know, is it more about the front-court matchup? Is it, can Cleveland, Melvin, and Faber hang with the Louisville men down low? Is that the is that key, or is it more the guard play about where Brandon Young, uh, how he squares off against Keurig and Siva?
1: You know, I sort of think, Chaz, that it's going to be dependent upon how Louisville plays. I don't really think that, as well as Cleveland Melvin can play, I don't think he's going to flat out win the game. Now, if Siva and Keurig just fall apart, I think that they can take advantage of that and certainly steal a game here. But with that said, I, I don't think that any of these positional matchups really favor DePaul in any sense of the word. Uh, they I mean, I can't say that Chris Faber is going to do better than Georgie Jang. Uh, I just I can't. And Bahannon against uh, Cleveland Melvin is going to be real interesting. They're pretty much very similar players. So uh, I, I like Louisville to come back as well. I think this is going to be a sloppy game, though, and it's probably going to be decided by less than a dozen points.
0: Yeah, and for Louisville... It's just a game that they have to win. Uh, get it behind them. It can be sloppy and as ugly as they want it, want it to be. Win the game. Move on. It's going to be interesting to see how Russ Smith fits into uh, the Patino puzzle on yeah. Saturday. You know, Is he still going to be riding the bench and only seeing five to ten minutes of, of floor time? Or does Patino say, you know what, DePaul likes to score, and... It's okay. It's okay if you turn the ball over, uh, you know, a bunch in this game because you know what, DePaul is going to turn it over a whole hell of a lot as well. So we need to score uh, a lot of points to to pull this one out.
1: Yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting scenario, not only for this game but for the rest of the season. You know, is Russ Smith really in the doghouse? Was it a motivational tactic? What was really going on in the game against Providence and? You know, to see how these guys can react and come back from such a disgusting, horrible, disappointing, you know, throw as many negative adjectives as you want to out there about that game, you know, see how they can respond from that.
0: Mm -hmm. So that shall do it, right? I think so, yeah. I think uh, so. And, um, you
1: know, these are the previews for uh, the Saturday games for Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Um, you know, let's see some good hoops. I, I think that these are going to be decent matchups and close games, and hopefully, we can get a couple of uh, dramatics at the end of the game. If you want to hit us up, I know we've plugged ourselves about four or five times here, but our Twitter is at six overtimes. Our email address is 6Overtimes at gmail.com. For my esteemed colleague, Chaz Wagner, I'm Scott Wildermuth. Peace.